Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? I heard this podcast where the scientists said that cum jellies were the first animals to evolve. Is that a fact? Did those scientist fellers say how they knew? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science journal, so it's got to be right. Science journals once said that we could solve the Earth's energy problems by a process called cold fusion. But that was wrong. I trust a journal that's never been proven wrong. The Bible. God's Word. Now, about these cone jellies. What's their evidence? Well, they said they found fossils over a half a billion years old that look like cone jellies and that cone jellies don't have brains. That makes them more primitive. Hmm, sometimes I wonder if these scientists are using their brains. What else did they say to prove their conclusion? They said that comb jellies look a lot like the fossils they found and that because the comb jellies evolved their combs from tentacles and lost a lot of genes, it makes them look a lot like other animals. Huh? Let me get this straight. The scientists said that because comb jellies lost a lot of genes... They evolved combs in place of tentacles. Yes, sir. And they said that the creatures the comb jellies evolved from used to have skeletons and were attached to the seafloor, and their mouths moved from their tops to their bottoms as they evolved. That really sounds confusing. First, they say the fossils are half a billion years old. How can they possibly use observable, testable science to prove that? Next, they say that losing genes makes them more evolved. That sounds more like the opposite of evolution to me. Then they say that because it kind of looks like creatures they found in some fossils, they now have proof of evolution. It sounds more like proof of what we read in Romans chapter 1 verse 22. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you, you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Interesting stuff, Carl, you told me that this was actually brought up by your young apprentice because he had read something on cone jellies. Let's get into what was in that article just to start with. Where were these fossils found that was the basis for this article? Well, number one, they were found in China. And sometimes Chinese sources of fossils like the one that got clear, obvious uh, fraud, where two fossils were put together to try to make it look like a bird dinosaur. Archaeoraptor. Archaeoraptor. Yep. That should be red flag number one. And number two, in the article in the, that he was referencing, the podcast, it says that several amazingly preserved fossils have been unearthed from outcrops scattered among rice fields and farmlands in this part of tropical China in the last three decades. Now, is that where we're supposed to find Cambrian fossils? The Cambrian fossils that are supposed to be 520 billion years old should be a mile deep. And here they are in rice paddies, which are usually not a mile deep. Mm-hmm. So, at least the ones I've seen. So, it would seem that this is another red flag. You know, how can they date these fossils? to be a 520 million years old. So that brings into question just the very authenticity or the, the veracity of the claim that they're 520 million years old. Then lastly, it talks about body transformations and loss of information, loss of genes 
to be equivalent to evolution, which is supposed to be an increase of information and an increase in capability for the organism. You know, how do we reconcile all these various anomalies to their speech to really equate to, yes, this is true evidence for evolution? Well, it shows evolution is infinitely malleable. It can be the loss of information, the gain of information, or anything they see. Let's uh, analyze pieces of this thing. No brain's therefore primitive. Well, wait a minute, this thing has what's called a neural net that we'll get into later. The pure assumption that the comb's evolution from tentacles. There is no transitional forms which show the tentacles going to combs. And the pure idea that the loss of information is what did that, no, you would have to gain information to create these combs, which are really packs of cilia put together. So you have to have new information to create those. One thing not to be missed here, whether those were found in rice paddies or one and a half miles down, if you have a comb jelly or a jellyfish or anything like that that is fossilized, how did that occur? Oh, it, it fell down and died, and in over hundreds and thousands and millions of years, it got buried slowly and uh, <laughs> fossilized. No, wait a minute, that okay. probably wouldn't work. Right. Now that the BS session is over, what are we really talking about here? That'd be buried rapidly. Rapidly? To get soft tissue to make an impression, it had to be buried rapidly so that it could be protected. Now, another thing that was in that article was it talked about, and again, these are just so stories, that what happened was the mouths moves from the top to the bottom. How do they know that? Again, do they have fossilization showing these transitions of the mouths moving from the top to the bottom? No, they don't. They don't have that at all. Reminds me of the dumb story of how the reptile mandibles, three-part mandibles, got to be the three bones in our inner ear and how they transitioned from the mandible of the reptile to the mammalian ear. And what did they do in transition? Did we have three bones in our cheek to where you couldn't eat or hear for a few million years? I mean, it's nuts. <laughs> right. It's absolutely nuts. Terry, you had some thoughts. I was looking at this article in the Smithsonian, of course, and they're talking about jellyfish and cum jellies and the place of comb jellies and they're also talking about sponges and and you know which came first of course that's how they were looking at it they were saying these arguments continue because as some of the simplest animals alive today understanding their place in the tree of life helps people understand how all other animals including people so they're calling people another animal evolved so they are taking what maybe some interesting science trying to figure out how this fossil fits in with either jellyfish or comb jellies and trying to fit it into this paradigm of how we all evolved from some creature that does not have brains. That is their goal, that is what they do, and paradigm gets in the way of seeing what is actually happening, that God created the plants to reproduce after their kind, the animals to reproduce after their kind, and people to make people. And that is why they see inconsistencies like comb jellies coming before sponges. So they have to make up a story about how the sponges had genetic information and then lost it. Mm -hmm. We're going to follow that point in just a moment. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. 
That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. You talked about the point of them trying to force fit this stuff into an evolutionary tale. And one of their premises is that this comb jelly is, well, one of the simplest life forms in an early transition and things of that nature. Let's analyze a comb jelly for a moment. It has unique plates of giant fused cilia which make up those combs. It, all, it consistently eight rows of combs on the thing. The cilia act like oars. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Is there a purpose there? Absolutely. Yeah, it moves it through the water, gets it to places, and drags stuff through it. Cilia movement pulls plankton into the mouth. Ooh, this has function. It has two cell layers, an external epidermis, which it contains a nerve net. So no, the thing doesn't have a brain, but it does have a nerve net. And an internal gastrodermis. There's a jelly-like layer between called mesoglea. This is true not only for jellyfish, but also for the comb jellies. That internal mesoglea layer is 95% water. Essentially what it is is a water skeleton. They used to think, well, this thing is just an open gullet and things flow through it, which fit into the old evolutionary story of this thing is just a very simple multicellular creature. No, what they've now found is the cilia promote debris and stuff to go through to the mouth, but then the waste comes out in pores in the back of the body. It has a designed mouth digestive waste system. The tentacles don't sting like they do in a jellyfish in a comb jelly. However, they act like long fishing poles in terms of gathering things to come into it. What do you hear from everything I've described, guys? Design. It's designed. Yes, it doesn't have a formal brain, but does it look simple in any way? Sounds pretty complex to me. It's extremely complex. It's extremely complex. Any other thoughts before we close? It is interesting to see that, number one, the evolutionists would use the comb jelly as something to be even simpler than the sponge, and thus our initial ancestor. While it's much, it's a very complex organism that would require design to have developed it, and that it lost information, therefore it got more evolved. So, those are all the different incongruities to the evolutionary theory that we have to, to, to play with here. Do you know why they consider a sponge not to be less evolved than these home jellies and jellyfish? Still couldn't figure it out after reading it, but... One of the differences with a sponge is that it does not have desmosomes. It does not have the scaffolding thing. It actually is simply sticking itself together through single-layer glues and things of that nature rather than using scaffolding techniques. That one thing by itself is it actually just is a collection of cells is why they define it as less evolved. Of course, that also could mean it's simply a different type of organism, Amen. which is the biblical viewpoint. 
Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM 630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.